Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Lisa Tarmati here at Pushing the Limits. Welcome back again. I hope you guys are okay during this coronavirus crisis. It's certainly a big change for us. And today, because of that, I wanted to do a session on how to not let fear get the better of you. All my tips and tricks for helping stay focused at this tough time and how you can stay on track. Um, Before I go over to the actual interview, I wanted to um, remind you that I've just released my book, Relentless. It is available on my website. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, but you can just head on over to lisatarmity.com and under the shop button, you'll find it there. I'd love you to check it out. It's actually a really good book for this type of crisis because it's all about mindset and it's all about how to keep focus and how to deal with, you know, going up against great odds and really difficult and uncertain times. So if you want to check that out, that's Relentless, How a Mother and Daughter Defied the Odds, go over to my website and check that out. Also at Running Hot Coaching, we've got a special going on at the moment for 12 weeks during this whole lockdown time and and the whole coronavirus time. We wanted to be able to offer extra value and to make it you know, really affordable for people because we have a whole, not only the running programs now, we have a full live workout program that you can do and it's only $49 US to join for the 12 weeks. So if you've been sitting on the fence for a while thinking about joining us, now would be a perfect time to do that, especially if you're in lockdown and you want your running training programs and your at-home workouts. All of it's in there. Right, over to the show. Hi guys, just wanted to do a session on not letting fear get the better of you. So amidst this crisis with the coronavirus, we are probably feeling a lot of fear right now. There's a lot of uncertainty, our jobs are in danger for some of us, our incomes and so on. So I wanted to do some practical tips that you can do to control the fear response in your body. Because number one, if you have a fear response going on right now, your immune system is going to be compromised and that's not going to be good if you're going to be fighting this virus, which we hope you won't be. But if you are, you want to make sure your immune system is is up and running. So the first thing that I want you to look into is diaphragmatic breathing, deep diaphragmatic breathing. Every time you start to feel out of control, feel triggered, feel stressed, is to do some deep breathing in through the nose, holding for about four seconds, out for four seconds, and hold for four seconds. Now, that is called box breathing. Now, you can do it in a different rhythm. If you've got a really good set of lungs, you might get to seven or eight, holding it for that long. And doing this just, I do this 10, 11 times a day. It's it's my go-to as soon as I'm feeling triggered, as soon as I'm starting to feel upset. Now, what does deep breathing do? Well, it stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system. You have two, two nervous systems, your parasympathetic and your sympathetic. You want to be stimulating at this time and there's a lot of fear around and a lot of anxiety, the parasympathetic. Now, when you stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, you are lowering the levels of cortisol and adrenaline that are being produced. Now, these are hormones that are ready for fight or flight. So back in the caveman days, which our body is still, you know, back there, we haven't evolved to being really where we are in our current world. So we still react to uh, outside stimuli, stimuli with fear. So back in the day, we might have been running away from a tiger, right? And so we needed this fight or flight response. So the amygdala, which is a part of your brain, deep in your brain, it's your limbic brain, that reptilian brain, and its immediate response is to put up your heart, uh, heart rate, increase your breathing rate, 
make you sh- shallow breathe. It closes in your vision so that you have tunnel vision. Uh, it takes away blood from your prefrontal cortex and gives it all the blood into your muscles and so that you're ready to either fight or, f- or run away. One of the two, the fight or flight syndrome, you'll know this as. So that's all controlled by the amygdala. Now, when you do this, you are taking away energy from your immune system, from your rest and recovery system. And, you know, this was a great thing back in the day when we had periodic stressful situations where we needed to run away from the line really fast. But in our day and age, we are constantly bombarded with things like emails or problems at work or a phone call from your shitty boss or something that causes the same response. And it can get to the level where it's chronically, your chronic amount of stress and you are constantly in this fight or flight state. So at this time when the coronavirus is here and you've got all this uncertainty, it's really, really important that we start to calm down the parasympathetic nervous system and stimulate, sorry, the parasympathetic nervous system and get things quietened down. Stop the release of that cortisol and that adrenaline going full bore. Now you want those things at certain times, but not constantly because you want your immune system to be operating well and you want to be thinking really clearly. And there is a brain in your decision-making ability when you are in the stressed-out state. So going back to the deep breathing. Now, this deep breathing technique will instantly, and I mean really, really quickly, start to calm the body down. Another great technique, of course, is meditation. And this doesn't have to be, you know, sitting on the floor, cross-legged and in absolute silence. That works for a lot of people and it's fantastic if you can quiet your brain down that way. But it also could just be going for a walk outside. And we're all a little bit limited in what we're still at the moment allowed to go outside and to get some fresh air. And that brings me to the next point. It's taking, you know, um, control of of some of the things that you can and not focusing on the things that you can't control right now. Taking control of the basics, good hydration, good nutrition, good sleep habits, all of these things are going to help you to stay in control and make good decisions, okay, and not focusing just on the negative. The next technique that I wanted to give you is visualization. Now, I use this a lot with my athletes, and I've certainly used it in my career as an athlete. Visualizing a positive outcome, visualizing yourself at, if, it's in a, if it's in a running race, obviously envisaging the whole race, and the more real you can make this visualization, the better. In the case that we're facing, visualize yourself being in control and being healthy. Visualize yourself and being able to adapt really quickly to this, to the situations at hand and you're getting on top of it and your business is going to be okay and your job is going to be all right. And when you visualize, your brain doesn't differentiate between what is real and what is imagined. And okay, you can't control whether you're going to lose your job next week. You can't control all these outside variables, but you can stop your body going into this panic state because that isn't going to help anybody. What you want is your decision-making ability on fire. So these visualization techniques can help you to start to regulate that and to see a positive outcome. The next thing I want you to think about is the challenge versus threat scenario. So 
if we see something as a threat, and let's be honest, the coronavirus is a bloody big threat right now to everything, to our health, to our loved one's health, to our society. But if we can start to reposition that in our mind to see it more as an opportunity or a challenge, then that changes the way we perceive it and we are able to then cope a whole lot better. I'll give you an example from a non-coronavirus situation, but again, from my athletic career. Okay, so if I'm looking at this massive race that I'm doing, it might be in Death Valley, it might be in the Himalayas, in the Gobi Desert or Niger. Now, if I'm seeing that as a threat and it's going to be terrifying and it's going to be horrific, then guess what's going to happen? My body is going to shut down. I'm going to be in the fight or flight mode. I'm not going to be reacting really well. I'm not going to be coping really well. If I can reframe it in my mind to being an amazing opportunity to have this wonderful adventure and to have, to turn it into a challenge and an, and an, an ability to be able to see this in a positive light. And I want you to think about this. This coronavirus is going to give us some benefits. There are some good things that are going to come out of it for each and every one of us. It might be a complete pivot in your life and you're going to end up doing another job and get out of that dead-end job that you've been stuck in but too scared to leave. And now you have to leave. So you're going to have to think and learn and redirect. Maybe that's going to be a good thing at the end of the day. None of us actually know. So there could be, there could be real positive things. Going back to a situation like with my mum, and I've you know got my books here in the background. This this story is a really powerful one for the situation that we're going through. When I was faced with mum's aneurysm and the the fact that she was probably not going to survive, and if she did, she was going to have massive brain damage, which she did have, and yet she was never going to do anything again. And I could have taken that prognosis and just accepted it and taken no action. Instead, I decided, no, I'm going to use this these people. People telling me that there's no chance and there's no way I'm going to use that as motivation to prove them wrong. And I'm going to make this the greatest comeback story. And I'm going to get my mum back. And those were the thoughts that I fed into my mind so that I was able to take big, strong action. And so that I was able to cope with the stresses that would come at us. And it's been, you know, a four-year-long battle. Don't get me wrong. There were times when I was on the ground bawling my eyes out and not even knowing which way to go forward. The thing is, I did keep moving forward. And I did keep looking for the next decision I had to make, the next situation, the next opportunity. And that attitude of going all in is what has led to her miraculous recovery. This is a one in a million recovery, but it's not a one in a million because she was anything special or because I'm anything special. It was a one in a million recovery because we never, ever gave up and we kept fighting and we looked for the opportunities and we saw the beauty in this process. And this is why I've written the book is because I want other people to have a blueprint for your mindset and what it takes to go all in on a challenge. And in this coronavirus situation, we're going to have to go all in. Some of us, this is going to be, you know, a threat to our incomes and our lifestyles and, and a massive change. And we can either crawl up into a fetal ball and start crying our eyes out and go, well, I can't take any action. Or we can be warriors and we can stand up and go, nah, I'm not I'm not going to take this line down. I'm going to go down fighting if I'm going to go down. And you're going all in. You know, with this, with this situation with mum, I know that I could have done all of that and still failed and still lost her. That wasn't the point, though. I had no option but to go all in because the alternative was certain death and certain loss. 
So I had a tiny chance and I took that tiny chance. And when everybody told me it was impossible, I just kept on moving and kept ignoring the people that told me it was bad. So right now, what you also want to be doing is surrounding yourself with positive people. And if you're listening to this, but you know, this video, then you're probably one of those people that is looking for a positive, input and good messages and that's fantastic because you are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with so if you are around positive people who have a direction who are saying right guys this is the way we're going this is the way we're going to think this is the way forward and you start listening to positive me- messages instead of the, the the ones who are oh my god the world is ending and it's apocalypse now and and it, it's all going to be horrific and you know like we all have moments like that don't get me wrong that I don't have those moments, but I keep them in check. And then I turn my mind around again and I turn it again and I turn it again. Every time those negative thoughts come up, I start to turn them around. So I wanted to um, now talk about uh, exposure therapy. Now, this is another therapy that can be really, really helpful if you're feeling a lot of fear. Now, this is not exposure to the virus. We don't want that. But this is like when you are feeling fear for a certain situation or a certain uh, uh, thing that you have to do, and it might be like having to change your profession because you know, some of us are going to have to. Um, I want you to understand that the more you do something, the more it's going to be, the less you're going to be reacting to it. So I'll just give you a simple example of getting on phone calls. If you hate sales calls, which I used to hate doing sales calls. Now I've changed my perception of what that call is about. And through repetition and doing it over and over and over again, it becomes actually a conversation with a friend. It becomes nothing to be scared of. And most of the things that we face in our life that we are scared of are actually not physical threats. Okay, the coronavirus could be a physical threat to you or your loved ones. I'm not mitigating that. But a lot of the fears that we have running around in our tummy and in our minds at the moment that are just going round and round like a hamster wheel is things that are never, ever going to happen. 80% of the thoughts that we have in our head, the disaster scenarios that we're playing out are not going to happen. So why focus on that? Why not put your energies into focusing on how can I make this the best opportunity for me, for my business, for my profession? How can I help other people? How can I turn this into something that is good for me? In my world, in my business, I am using this as an opportunity to pivot, to change very quickly, to be adaptable. And I've lost my income. I'll be honest with you. The next six months, I don't have any income now. I'm a speaker. That's what I do. I go around to conferences. Well, there ain't no conferences going on, but I'm not going to sit here and start crying about it. I'm going to change my perception of what I can do and then I'm going to pivot really quickly into doing other things and focusing on the positive and then I'm going to be prepared also for when life comes back to normal and we'll be go again so it's your perception of things it's controlling your thoughts now I want you I'm also studying at the moment functional genomics and this is a study of DNA and genes and how they affect the way everything in your body from methylation to mood and behavior to cardiovascular health to um, detoxification, all of these areas, okay? But I wanted to talk to you briefly about a couple of the genes that are in your head, and I won't go into the specifics. I'm going to be writing a couple of blog posts uh, over the next few weeks, and I'm still studying this area of science, but it's absolutely fascinating. There are a couple of genes that really um, control or 
give you a predisposition to thinking a certain way. And you can get yourself tested and DNA and all that sort of stuff later on when all this you know, uh, crisis is over and you find out what you have a predisposition for. Um, your Adger2B uh, gene, for example, example, which is your adrenal uh, gene, if you like, depends on which variation of the gene as to how long that adrenaline is going to be active on your receptors in your body. And if it's if you've got the gene where it's going to be attached to the receptors for a long time and active, you're going to have a harder time letting go of things. You're going to have a harder time. You're going to have a stronger emotional imprint to re- reaction to things um, than another person. Another thing is the, the brain-derived neurotrophic, neurotrophic factor, which I'm writing a blog post on now because this has to do with brain rehabilitation. But it also has to do with your mood and your behavior and the how, how susceptible you are to depression and a negative uh, frame of mind. And if you have that hamster wheel, brain that goes over and over and over. So what I want you to take away from this without getting into the specifics of which gene is to realize that every single person is different. They do have a different set of genes. And so we all do uh, experience things in a different way. So if you have someone in your midst who is very prone to panic, is very prone to having neurotic thoughts or the hamster wheel going over and over and getting stuck in a thought pattern and not being able to shift, at least understanding some of the the, the factors that are in play here and that their genes just may be predisposing them to doing that. And I'm going to um, share this blog post that I'm writing at the moment on BDNF, the brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and what you can do to increase that uh, in order to help elevate your mood. One of those things, for example, is to, uh, for the BDNF uh, example there, is to go and do exercise. Now, if you're doing at least 30 to 45 minutes of exercise at 70 to 75% of your heart rate, you're going to increase the production of brain-derived neurotrophic factor, and that's going to elevate your mood. And this is why runners get the runners high. You know, not all of us just enjoy running for the running's sake. Sometimes we don't even feel like going out there, but after half an hour out there, what happens? Your mood elevates. What's that? That's your brain-derived neurotrophic factor in action. Other things that also stimulate that and will elevate your mood are things like having a hot shower or a hot bath or being in a hot, warm environment or getting more sunlight to make more uh, vitamin D, which will also help uh, you produce more brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Uh, All of these things are really important, also in the brain rehab side, but I won't go into that right now. But just to understand, genetically speaking, we all have different ways of processing things in our brain and having some love and care and empathy for people who don't see some things the same way as you do, who react very differently. And some people will have more a a deeper emotional imprint than other people. Um, Some people will be able to get over things much easier because they, they have the right combination of genes and another person doesn't have that. That is not to be fatalistic and say, well, those people are buggered. It's to find out then what can you do, like the saunas and the hot baths and the, the, the exercise and the right supplementation and all of that sort of stuff to help you, if you're one of those people affected, increase or um, have a, have a um, 
more resilience when it comes to your emotional well-being. So more about that later. But for today's podcast, um, I just want you to think about some of those things that I've covered off. So I want you to be stimulating your parasympathetic nervous system. That means calming your body down. That means stopping the stress and the adrenaline, the cortisol from pouring out all day, all day long. How are you going to do that? You're going to do that through meditation, do that through connection to nature, which I've forgotten to mention, you know, like going outside, listening to the birds, looking at the beauty in the trees, looking at the flowers, standing and staring at the beach if you're still allowed to do that. Um, anything that will connect you and ground you to Mother Nature will calm your system down. Doing uh, exercise, of course, is also going to do that. Anything that's going to calm the system down. However, one caution, don't go and do extremes amounts of, of exercise because that will have the opposite effect. Don't overreach at this time, firstly for your immune system and also for your, you, you don't want to upset your hormones and get everything out of balance, okay? So you want to be um, a little bit conservative with your training at the moment. Just nice, gentle and doing things like working in instead of just working out. So not just deep, you know, running and breathing and hard, hard work, but also adding in the stretching, the, the yoga, the Pilates, those things that are going to calm the body down, especially in the evening when you're wanting to get that sleep. Because remember, sleep is absolute key. So doing these basics right and getting good sleep, if you can get eight hours sleep right now would be really gold. It'll help you emotionally cope with the situation and not fly off the deep end and be short-tempered and doing all those crazy things. Now, just before I go, you have this thing in the in the brain, like I said, called the amygdala, which is your a very uh, primitive part of the brain that controls a lot of these trigger responses. And you know, in the past, I'll be honest with you, I've had a lot of tr- problems with anger management. I think I've got some warrior genes from my my Maori side. Either that, or the German or Irish would have done it. Um, and I've been triggered in the past and reacted in ways that I, you know, was not proud of afterwards. Um, and I've learned to to manage these reactions now a lot better. I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but I'm a lot better. The amygdala reacts before your uh, your prefrontal cortex kicks into gear. It's very primitive. It's very lightning fast. So if you're feeling triggered right now, you know one of the things that I'm worried about in this crisis is domestic abuse going up. Is people doing things that they wouldn't normally do because they are stressed out and they're frightened and they're doing all these things and their amygdala is starting to take control. So I want you to um, learn just a couple of tricks to keep that amygdala under control. One of them is that deep breathing. If you're feeling triggered, if you're starting to have fights in the family because you're in close quarters, you've got the kids screaming, you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, your business is going under and you're fighting. And, you know, this this is all of us, I think. We're all feeling this type of stress right now. Then getting a control of your amygdala and not acting in a triggered state, you know, walking away, going to the other end of the house, doing some deep breathing, starting to turn your logical brain on. And the way I do this, and getting blood back to the logical brain because the amygdala takes it away from there and helps you uh, makes you make bad decisions. The way I, I get a control of that is I start to do some logical problem-solving things in my brain, like counting backwards from 100 and lots of seven. And I have to go, oh, how much is that? 193 and so on. And I have to actually think about it. And that makes me calm down again and gives me a chance to get on top of that adrenaline and cortisol that's come out 
makes me want to have a scrap because um, that's not good. And what you're doing when you get into this triggered state also in the, in the anger response is you are releasing the cortisol, which is which is pumping up your blood sugars. So remember this, if you get angry and you've got a weight problem, you're making things worse. <laughs> you're going to put on more weight because you've increased your cortisol. You're going to therefore um, have have more, uh, hold more fat. Okay, so that's one, that's a really good reason not to get angry and to stay cool and calm. And this is one of the reasons why doing yoga and Pilates and all those deep breathing and all that actually helps you lose weight, which is not the topic of t- today's conversation, but it does that because it's actually lowering the cortisol, the stress levels in the body. Interesting, isn't it? How we are such complex characters. And if we understand more about our physiology and our biology and how things actually interplay, then that can really, really help us in overcoming all these challenges that we're facing. So that's me for today, guys. I hope this has been helpful to you all. Um, please stay safe out there. If you want to reach out to me, please do. Um, you know, this is what I, I, I'm I'm big into the mental game. I'm big into the mindset and mental toughness and leadership and, you know, um, some of the lessons that I've learned along in my now quite long life um, and sharing those insights with you, not from a place of I know better because God knows I still have a hell of a lot of things to learn, but from a place of, yeah, I've, I've experienced a few things, been around the block a few times and wanting to share some of these insights. I do that also on my podcast, which is called Pushing the Limits. I would love you to go and subscribe to Pushing the Limits because I have some of the greatest minds. I don't know how I get some of these amazing people on there, but I do. If you look back over the episodes that I've uh, managed to record in the last four years, you've got Nobel Prize winning scientists, you've got you know some of the top scientists actually in the world, some of the top doctors in the world, some of the top athletes in the world, and I'm not exaggerating. There's been some absolute legends on my show. So, you know, it'd be a good way to spend a few of those hours where you're stuck at home um, uh, listening to the podcast. It's called Pushing the Limits. You can find it on iTunes, on Libsyn, on Stitcher, uh, or via my website at lisatarmody.com. And while you're there, go and grab one of my books, one of my three. Uh, especially Relentless right now is a super book for you to be reading to strengthen your mind and um, really thank you for your time today we'll see you again soon that's it this week for Pushing the Limits be sure to rate review and share with your friends and head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmati.com 